You are listening to the Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm Meryl Arnett, mama, meditator, and co-owner of Sacred Chill West. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a 20-minute guided meditation. Be sure to listen to the end of today's episode to find out how you can join the next virtual meditation class for free. All right. Welcome, everybody. Happy Monday. Happy full moon. Happy end of November, beginning of December. Oh, my God. I'm always delighted to get to meditate with you guys. And I'm really excited about today's class. So we're talking about oracle cards. And it's something that I have been toying with talking about for at least a year and just never really made the time to do it. And then I got an email from a podcast listener who was like, hey, I bought a deck. I'm not sure what to do with it. Would you talk about it? Which was just the nudge I needed. So that is what we're going to talk about tonight. So oracle cards are any type of card, um, like animal spirit cards, tarot cards. I have Pema Children's compassion cards. I have Yantra cards. I have Kim Cran's archetype cards. So there are lots and lots of different cards out there. Essentially, it's a deck of cards where you draw something to gain some sort of insight or guidance or question to explore, right? And the way I was exposed to these cards is I was... um, in my first year of being a yoga teacher, and I taught 6 a.m. hot yoga at a studio. And during the summer, hot yoga is super, super hot in Atlanta, right? And so even at 6 a.m., I would sit in the studio to check students in in the morning, but I would prop the front door open just to get some kind of air circulation. And at some point in that year, several classes in a row a bird flew in the studio, which it was just like that had never happened before. It was very odd. It only happened for this defined period of time, and then it never happened again. But multiple times in a row, a bird flew into the studio right before I taught class. And as I was laughing about this with my regular students, one of my students came in one day and brought me a deck of cards that I still have. It's this first deck of animal medicine cards. And she said, you should look up what that bird is because it's like coming in to tell you something. I was like, okay, I didn't know anything about this. And so I read the book and I played with the cards and it was fun and cool and didn't really tell me anything, but I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it enough that I just kind of played with it. Like I would just read the book some about different animals and what they might mean or what they might... Um, offer in the way of insight. And then maybe a year later, I was gifted a second animal spirit deck. And I did the same thing. I just kind of played with it and I would randomly draw cards. And what I noticed over time, so this was well over a decade ago at this point. And what I noticed over time as I was playing with these cards is What was happening is I was deepening my own sense of intuition. I was gaining a sense of connection outside of myself, meaning a connection to 
something greater, an energy, a universal energy. And I was really beginning to understand archetypal energy. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight for the most part is archetypal energy. So archetype is a word that was coined by Carl Jung, who's a a psychoanalyst. And essentially what it means is first image or first and eternal energy. So an archetype is something that across time, across continents, across cultures, the image or the meaning or the myth exists. It's why if you look at the myriad of religious texts across religions worldwide, you'll find similar stories. It's why if you say the word mother in any language, it means relatively the same thing. Same with father, right? So, you know, really typical archetypes are mother, father, hero, maiden, mother, crone, um, healer, hunter, right? They're like these energies that exist. You see them in fairy tales. You see them in myths. You see them throughout stories, fiction and nonfiction. And it's almost the, it's like the collective unconscious. Okay. And so when we start to play with any type of Oracle card, no matter what it is, I look at it as a, like a viewfinder, essentially, for viewing the archetypal energy you are experiencing in this moment. And like I said, archetypes are pervasive, they're expansive. So what you might be experiencing in this particular moment is not unique just to you, right? There's a macrocosm version, there's the external, the world is experiencing this, or your community is experiencing this, and internally, you might be experiencing this very same energy. So when we're working with cards, it's not so much like the antelope is going to show up in your backyard, right? As much as it is, what does this energy offer for you? How do you view the moment that you're in, the feelings that you're having, the struggles you're working through or the gifts you're receiving, how can the knowledge of what antelope energy is inform a deeper level of understanding about what you're experiencing, right? So I have two that have been living on my altar recently. The first one is the stone, which is a card from Kim Cran's archetype deck. So this is a deck of actual archetypes and the stone is one. And the other one is the cougar, which is from a spirit animal deck by uh, Liminal Roots Botanica. So these two cards have just been living on my altar. The stone came about because I meditated by a river a couple weeks ago. And as I sat down next to the river, rather than being drawn to the water, what I was drawn to was the stones at the bottom of the water, which I could see. And it was so present for me. Like it was, that was the thing I noticed more than anything. And it was loud and clear. And so I came home and I hunted through the deck for the stone card and I pulled it out. 
and I read about it, I put it on my altar, and it's just kind of living there for me to continue reflecting on. And the cougar card, in much the same way, I had a dream, and there was literally a cougar outside the window in my dream. And so I hunted through the deck until I found a cougar card, and I pulled that one out, and they're sitting with me. And that's one way I think you can work with cards, especially as you've been using your decks a lot and you're really familiar with what's in there. You might find in everyday life, in the middle of a meditation, in a dream, there's an image or a feeling, a daydream or a story that you remember that's holding your attention from the experience, like the stone in the river. And you might then pull that so that you can kind of use it as a research tool almost. What what is the stone telling me? What are some things that are relevant for me in this moment? Right? That's one way. So to me, that's like the reverse way of using a deck because you, rather than draw from the deck, you're purposefully picking a card that you already knew what the image was. It's something you're wanting to work with because it's present for you. And that's one way to work with the deck. The other way to work with a deck is to randomly draw a card. And I want to spend some time talking about just how I do it. There is no right way. You can do it however you want to do it, whenever you want to do it. To me, the very most important thing to hold dear is to trust what you pull. That's it. Whatever you do, however you do it, if you pull a card, trust it. Trust that you pulled the right card for you. The way that I pull cards is I always do it after my practice. Only because if I do it before, then I spend the entire meditation thinking about it, right? And I don't meditate. I just think. So do it after. So we're going to meditate. And then you're going to take two, three minutes to like stream of consciousness fast as you can journal. What happened in your meditation? I felt blah. I daydreamed blah. I wrote a to-do list. Like what came up for you? (laughs) I do know your life. (laughs) Um, So you'll stream of consciousness, write down what you experienced in your meditation. Okay. This is good because it might be that an image pops up and you're like, oh yeah, that's so weird. I was daydreaming about the ocean. Cool. Ocean is archetypal energy. Let's look up ocean. But let's say nothing relevant comes up. You just do your little stream of consciousness. It's there, but there's nothing clear for you to work with. So you're going to pick up your deck and you're going to like take a breath. You're going to shuffle your deck, right? You can do it with your eyes open, your eyes closed. Some people say use your non-dominant hand. Do what feels right for you, right? Shuffle your deck a little bit, but really spend some time putting your hands on it, okay? Because you want to like kind of touch all the cards. And when you feel like you've shuffled it and it's good, I kind of fan my cards out on the floor because I really like to be able to see them all. You also could just cut the deck and pull the top card. Again, your call. But you're going to draw your card. If a card comes flying out of the deck while you shuffle it, use that card. Sometimes when you shuffle and you know you kind of like cut the cards back in and one card's like poking way up outside the others. And if it feels like that's your card, you can just pick that one. You don't even have to go through the rigmarole of fanning them out, right? However you do it, you're going to pull your card. I love that. The river. It's awesome, right? I just pulled the river. So you're going to pull your card and you're going to look at your card 
And then you're going to take a minute just to write down like what comes up when you look at this. Do you feel something? Does a memory pop up for you? Does a specific location pop up for you? Is there a story you remember? A piece of art or a poem? What comes up for you when you see whatever card it is that you pulled? And jot it down, right? Because we want to remember everything. So we jot that down. And only then, once you have spent time with the card and your own experience of it, then you'll pick up the guidebook. You know, almost every deck comes with some kind of little guidebook. So you can look up the card and you'll read about whatever the author wrote about that particular card. And then that's your last reflection. You can do all of this in the span of 10 minutes. So after you read, you're going to again journal. And this time you're going to write down what resonates for you, what feels uncomfortable for you or what feels off, what feels sticky, like what do you keep coming back to and thinking about again and again? Does it feel true for you? Does it feel false for you? You're just noticing what comes up when you have this experience. And then you choose. You could put it on your altar, your nightstand. If it feels really resonant, you might work with it for days or weeks or months. I'm still, you all remember from the last class, I think, and I was talking about how I was dreaming about spiders for weeks. And I'm still, I'm wearing spider earrings. You can't see them. I have little spider earrings. I'm still working with that. I haven't dreamed about them in months at this point, but I'm still working with that energy. Right, So how you choose, how long you choose to work with the card is up to you. Let yourself be with it. If you pulled the ocean, maybe you put a cup of salt water near where you meditate for a while. Maybe you look at pictures of the ocean or you read a novel about the ocean or you look at photos of your last trip of the ocean. Maybe you go to the ocean, I don't know. Right, But as much as you can, you're going to let yourself kind of immerse in whatever energy is there for you to pay attention to until it feels complete. And over time, what happens, at least in my experience, what happens is your intuitive energy, your intuitive response gets sharper. Right? So more and more you're able to like, oh, easily I can like land what this is talking about in my life or what feels most clear for me in this moment about this or where I need to spend more time. What lesson do I need to pull from this? When you're newer to it, I really think the most beneficial thing you can do is let yourself play. Like just pull pull out the deck every day. Even if you don't draw a card, you just want to like look at the images, read about the ones that call your attention that day. You could just do it that way. Let yourself, your subconscious get used to whatever information is present in that deck for you. And then as you start to work with it, you'll notice that maybe you need a longer period of time to work with one specific image. Maybe another one you can't quite grasp the meaning that's there for you, and so you set it aside for the time being. You trust it'll resurface when you need it. 
But what we're letting these cards do for us is not predict the future, not give us some magical answer to a problem that we might be experiencing. It's, it's not giving us anything. It's like putting on a pair of glasses, right? Glasses don't fix your eyes, but they allow you to see through them a specific way, right? And a card is doing essentially the same thing. It's saying, take a look at the situation through this lens. How does it resonate? What comes up for you, right? So we're going to practice in a minute, but I want to take just one more second to talk about what happens if you have an image or a feeling or sort of a persistent story you're wanting to work with and it doesn't exist in a deck, right? So like, let's say all I had was this very first animal medicine card deck, but my experience by the river was about stones. And if I didn't have a deck that had a book that had a stone card in it, what would I do? So I think the steps are really, really similar. Meaning the very first thing you would do after your meditation practice is journal about what you're feeling, noticing, thinking, remembering about the stone or whatever your image is, whatever your story is. And after you do that initial internal, this is what I'm experiencing about stones, then get on Google and Google it and see what comes up. And really what I would encourage you to do is pay attention on the art side, meaning like actual um, art, whether that's paintings or photography or drawing, poetry, fiction, nonfiction, fairy tales, myths, like what, where do stones exist there in that realm of almost imaginative or creative or more feminine side of work? And let yourself notice what are you drawn to, what triggers a memory or triggers a feeling for you, comfortable or uncomfortable, both of those matter, and sit with it in the same way. And maybe you won't have a card on your altar or your nightstand, but maybe you'll put an actual stone on your nightstand. Maybe you'll draw a picture of the stone, the river, whatever it is you're working with. And you work with it. It's almost like you're creating your own card, right? That's what you're working with. I will share just one other resource for the, I don't have it in a deck. The book of symbols is like, a tomb of knowledge. And it, I mean, they have everything. So for example, I just have been having a lot of dreams about houses lately. They're all different. There's nothing similar, but there's houses appearing over and over again in my dreams. And I don't have a deck with a house, but there's houses in there. And then from that house page, there's like several little wormholes to follow. And so I'm just taking my time kind of poking through and noticing what jumps out at this moment. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to try this practice tonight. 
And as we sit down to meditate, again, if you have an Oracle deck, you are welcome to have it next to you to use at the end. I am going to save us enough time to do that. And if you don't have an Oracle deck, I will give additional guidance to work with an idea or image that pops up without a deck. So you'll have both options tonight. Let's go ahead and just take a minute to find a comfortable seat. So you'll let your hands rest down onto your lap. If your legs are crossed, you can uncross them, cross them the other way. When you're ready, go ahead and let your eyes drift closed. And together here, deep breath in. Exhale out a sigh. And we'll do that again, just inhaling. And exhaling out a sigh. Allowing your breath just to flow now. Easy, comfortable breath as you feel yourself settling into your practice today. And perhaps you'll take a moment just to silently say to yourself, now is my time to meditate. Now is my time to meditate. And as the words and the intentions sink in, you might feel yourself just let go a bit more into your body. Letting go down through your hips and your thighs. Releasing the fullness of yourself into the chair or cushion beneath you. very subtly lifting up and lengthening through the spine. Feeling the crown of the head reaching up and back. And the muscles and the face letting go. Smoothing out the forehead. Softening the skin around the eyes. Relaxing through the lips through the cheeks, through the jaw. And as you breathe, you might feel your shoulders just subtly roll back and down. Relaxing out across the collarbones.
down through the center of the chest. You might notice the way your chest rises and falls a bit as you breathe. you settle further and further into yourself. Perhaps you feel the belly relaxing. So that as you breathe in, the belly is expanding. And as you breathe out, the belly is contracting. we continue to pay attention to the breath for just a minute here let yourself feel as you breathe in as if you were breathing in from the very base of your pelvis all the way up the front of the body to just above the top of your head and as you breathe out, you're breathing out from that spot above your head all the way down the front of the body, down, down, down through the base of the pelvis. You're gonna trace this path for a minute, inhaling up the front of the body, just a few inches above the top of the head and exhaling all the way down the body through the base. of breath will continue but now as you breathe in from the base of your pelvis you're moving up the back of your body up 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 six inches above the top of the head and as you exhale you're breathing back down the back of the body all the way down one minute here breathing up the back side of the body. And breathing down the back side of the body.
this breath just shifts its way into a circle so that you're inhaling up the front side of the body and exhaling down the back side of the body. Drawing an energetic circle around yourself with your breath. Inhaling up the front. Exhaling down the back. One minute. that circle reverses and breathing up the back side of the body and breathing down the front side of the body that imagery, feeling yourself rest inside the breath. These last five minutes of silence. Let yourself feel the breath as it pulses in and out. Just notice the stories, the thoughts, the feelings that pop up. Just noticing and letting go. Resting inside that energetic circle you've created.
gently noticing any thoughts or feelings happening right now. And feeling your breath deepen a bit here. Slowly wiggling into your fingers and your toes. When you feel ready, drawing your palms together in front of you, rub your hands together. Rub until they're nice and warm between your palms. You've got some good friction there. And then bring those palms right over your closed eyes. Just cupping the hands there, hold them for a second, feeling the heat from your palms transfer through eyes, through skin, all the way into that mid part of the brain. When you feel ready, you can start to blink your eyes open, letting the hands fall away. Releasing the meditation practice. And if you're practicing with me live tonight, I'm going to go ahead and cue all the journaling and card drawing. And of course, you know, you are always welcome to simply click off and do this by yourself in your own time as well. If you want to do it along with me, grab a pen and a piece of paper and take just two minutes to journal about your experience. Any thoughts that you remember having, any daydreams. If an image, a color, a feeling was present, you can write that down. If you don't know what to write, just put a pen on paper and start scribbling until words come out. All of it's welcome. We'll just do that for two minutes here. the end of the sentence that you're writing in this moment you can pause and if you have a deck go ahead and grab it and you're just going to take a second to shuffle if you don't have a deck either continue writing or scan through what you wrote and circle any words that jump out at you right if you were writing a to-do list for work the whole time perhaps it's the word work if you were Christmas shopping perhaps it's holiday or Christmas or gift or, you know, play with it. See what word jumps out at you from your journaling. If you have a deck, you're shuffling for a few minutes, just taking time to kind of touch whatever card you got. And when you're ready, how you choose to draw a card, did one jump out? Are you going to fan them out? Are you going to cut the deck and pull the top card? You choose, grab a card. And whether you are circling a word that you just wrote down or you're working with a card you just drew, you're going to take a minute just to look at the word, the image, 
And you're gonna do the exact same thing for just one minute. Write down what you feel. What comes up when you stare at the picture on the card or you stare at the word that you circled? Right? If it's gift, if that's the word that came up in your meditation, what do you think of when you think the word gift? Is there a particular one that comes to mind or a person or a story? Is there a picture? this part after you've written down your associations this is when you'll go into research mode so now you could pick up your guidebook and read about the card now might be the time that you would go Google or look through the book of symbols or just start to do some research on Again, I'm using the example gift. Search gift. What fairy tales come up? What, what pictures? What poems? Right? And what does that trigger for you? What does that bring into the forefront for you? And as you're doing that research or thinking about doing that research, I just want to leave you with one last piece before we close out class. And this is coming back to the most important tenet of class, which is to trust yourself, to trust the inner teacher that we all possess. Because working with an oracle card or working with archetypal energy in general is not about having magic fingers. It's not about being a psychic or being empathic or any of that. It's not about being an expert in a type of card either. This is about you trusting your intuitive knowledge. You know, like that... So what happened in class tonight, how I was literally talking about a river and then randomly drew a river card, that's not abnormal. And that's not some like magical Meryl thing either. I really not only believe it, but have witnessed this in many, many, many of my friends and colleagues and students over time working with cards is our, our wisdom is there. Right? And if we're meant to pay attention to a river, the river is going to show itself. And if we're meant to pay attention to a gift or a cougar or an antelope, then that is going to show up for us to pay attention to if we're willing to look for it. 
right? So you, some of you will remember many classes ago at this point, I can't remember exactly which class it was, but I told the story um, or one of the stories of the Buddha's enlightenment. And you might remember he sat down under a tree and he said, I'm not getting up until I'm enlightened. And as he meditated, Mara, who's sort of the, you know, temptation, trouble, distraction, shows up and is hurling all the scary images and the doubts and fears. And the biggest one is, who am I? This is Buddha before he was Buddha, trying to become enlightened under the tree. The biggest thing that came up was, who am I to think that I can do this? Self-doubt. And you might remember when that arose, what he did was lean forward and put his hand on the earth, reminding himself that he had as much right as anybody to seek enlightenment. And so if self-doubt is something that pops up for you, even in something as small as trusting a deck of cards, then I just remind you that you are enough. You already possess what you need to glean knowledge from cards or from archetypal energy. If you're just using your journaling notes, circling a word and following the path, trust it. Thank you guys so much for sharing and practice with me tonight. I loved talking about this with you. I hope you enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. Um, and we'll keep talking about it, I'm sure. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Minute. If you're enjoying these episodes, consider joining me for the recording of this podcast every Monday night during my live virtual meditation class. If you tune in for the live class, you get the bonus content that isn't included in the podcast episodes. There's always time for Q&A, and there's always the chance to connect with me personally. I would love to see your faces, and better yet, if you leave me a review of this podcast, screenshot it, email it to Meryl at MerylArnett.com. You get your first class with me for free. Email your review to Meryl, M-E-R-Y-L at MerylArnett, M-E-R-Y-L-A-R-N-E-T-T.com. Get your first class for free. You can find out the schedule, how to register, all of that good stuff by going to my website, MerylArnett.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next week.